All right, give it up for Troy. He's doing a great job with our youth, and it's awesome to see um, just all that they're doing and all that's going on because God loves this next generation, amen? He wants to do something powerful in them and in us at the same time, and so um, I'm excited about that. We'll grab your Bible this morning and open it to 2 Kings chapter 6, 2 Kings chapter 6. I trust that you had a great Sunday last week as we didn't have church on Sunday morning. How did that feel waking up Sunday morning, no church? Weird, right. That was what it was for me too. I was like, what am I supposed to do? Oh yeah, that's right. We invited our neighbors to breakfast. That's what we're doing. And so uh, it was fun. I hope you got an opportunity to be the church and to be Jesus with your family, with your friends, with some neighbors. And uh, so hopefully that was an exciting thing for you. Well, today is the first Sunday in 2020. And uh, what a great decade, right? 2020, kind of exciting. Uh, We're going to see this play on words thrown around everywhere, right? That we need to start seeing things clearly. And so before that gets old and monotonous and you just ignore it, I want to put my spin on it too. So um, we're going to look at some specific things this morning because I want to encourage you to have 2020 spiritual vision for this year. That's different than normal vision. I mean, any of us can get 2020 vision. You just put glasses on or go get LASIK or something like that, and you have physical 2020 vision. Having a spiritual mindset and seeing things in the spiritual realm and seeing what God wants to do for you and what God is doing at the time is totally different than what's going on in the physical realm right in front of you. I want to talk about that this morning. And we are called as the people of God to live by faith, not by sight. This means that the Lord can help us see things that are not seen regularly. Different things that you and I can see that prepare us to live for God in a totally different way. Way. And I want to show you a moment in history where that happened for the prophet Elisha and his servant. So um, we're going to go to 2 Kings chapter 6. So let's pray, and then I want to look at it together. Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for this morning. We thank you that you are the one that gives us clarity for our life, and you help us see exactly the way that we are designed to live and created to live. And I pray that we would see that extra special with clarity this year in 2020. Amen. All right, 2 Kings chapter 6. In 2 Kings chapter 6, there is a real story, a real life story that happens that is really, really cool. It's about the prophet Elisha, who's taken over from Elijah. I don't know why their names had to be almost identical to make it super confusing, Um, But Elisha has this, is a prophet, and he he just does miraculous things all the time, and he's really helping the nation focus their lives on God. But in chapter 6, we have this moment in history where the Israelites are at war with the king of Aram. The king of Aram has been sending out little raiding parties, and these raiding parties, uh, first of all, they send out like a little spy, and he finds out where the Israelites are. 
and then they go back to the king, tell him where the Israelites are, and then they send out their raiding party. But when they would get there, the Israelites would be gone. And they did that several times, and the Israelites would be gone. And so the king of Aram began to say, okay, what, what's going on? How come everything we do, it's like the Israelites know exactly what's going on. And he concludes in his mind, like we probably would, there must be someone in this room that is a spy or that is not for me, that is against me. And so he says to his advisors, there must be someone in this room that is telling the Israelites when we're coming. And so he says, let's figure out who that is. And the advisors say to the king, um, king, that, that's actually not what's happening. We're all for you. But Elisha the prophet knows what you speak in this room. Everything you say in this room, God hears it. God tells Elisha, and Elisha tells the Israelite king, and then he pulls all of his troops out of that area, and when you show up, you look like a fool. And so the king of Ram says, all right, well, that's simple. Let's find out where Elisha is and go kill him. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. So they find out where Elisha is. He happens to be living in the city of Dothan. And so the king of Aram takes his army. He surrounds the city of Dothan. And they're ready to wage war on the city, destroy everything in the city, kill Elisha so that they can now go everywhere and conquer all of the Israelites. And so here's where we sit in the story. Elisha's servant wakes up in the morning. He gets up, he goes outside, and he sees the king of Aram and all of his army surrounding the city, and he runs back in, and we get to the verse that we have in chapter 6, verse 15. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I use this verse to talk about spiritual vision because it's a great example of what happens when God opens our eyes to what's really going on. I think there's three things that we can notice in this section of verses that are helpful for us today and as we start a new year. Three things in particular that Elisha said to his servant. The first one is this, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Have you ever gotten in a situation in a crisis and the first thing you felt or responded to was fear? It's easy, isn't it? It's easy to, like, the first thing that happens in that moment, if you hear that big C word, cancer, fear. It's all kinds of things in our life that can bring fear. But here's what we need to know and here's what Elisha knew. Fear destroys what God wants to do. Fear destroys us from seeing what's going on in reality. Fear destroys what we can see in the spiritual, 
And fear is the opposite of faith. And we're called to live by faith, not by sight. And when we look only in the physical realm, we often will be afraid instead of having faith. Now, here's what I know. Each of us, no doubt, this year, 2020, will encounter something that can bring fear. A moment, a situation, a crisis, a a, a challenge. And in that moment, right in that moment, you and I will have a choice. Am I going to live by fear or am I going to live by faith? If I live by fear, then fear is going to overtake everything. It's going to overtake my thoughts, my attitude, my emotions. My heart is going to be filled with fear. And I'm going to respond to that situation in my life completely differently than if I live by faith in God. If I put my faith in God and I forget about my fear, then my life will be different. The fear will be diminished, it can be destroyed, it can be extinguished, and I can live in faith in God like he has for me. In 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. See, this is God's plan for us. Healthy Christian living is a life filled with faith not fear. A life that can see everything clearly because you can see what's going on spiritually and physically at the same time. And when that happens, you get to live in power, you get to live in love, and you get to live with a sound mind where your mind is not all conflicted and twisted and worried and depressed and anxious and frustrated and your thoughts are all jumbled up and mixed up and messed up and you're worried You don't have to live that way. You can live outside of that fear when you live in faith. You know, fear is kind of like the flu. I probably should have had Troy help me with this illustration since he has the flu. But I think we all understand. The flu is interesting. Have you noticed how the flu just takes over your body? You start feeling achy. You have pains where you didn't know you had pains. You just feel awful. It takes over your body. Fear does the same thing. It just takes over. Flu, the flu makes you weak. So does fear. Fear makes you weak. The flu destroys your desire to even make it through the day, to even want to go through the day. And fear does the same thing, doesn't it? It stops you from wanting to even live that day, wanting to even uh, talk to people, be in relationship, go to work, anything. Fear does that to you. But worse of all, Just like the flu, fear can be spread. And when it gets spread, not only do you have fear, now your family has fear. Now those you influence have fear. Now your coworkers have fear. Now the people you're friends with on Facebook, now they're afraid. Have you noticed that this is a a very dominant part of communication in our culture right now? That the enemy of our soul is trying really hard for all of us to be afraid? Let me give you an example. When I was a kid, my parents let me go anywhere in town. I could ride my bike anywhere in the city. City about the size of Cheney. My parents were never worried about anything where I rode my bike. 
Shows like CSI and others have all got us so afraid that somebody might snatch our kids up if they rode their bike somewhere that we're all afraid not even to let our kids out of the house, are we? Fear has us completely immobilized as a culture. So do not be afraid. Second thing that Elisha wants us to know and that is very helpful for you and I seeing things clearly is to understand that as a believer in Jesus Christ, there are always more for you than against you. This is the second thing that Elisha reminded his servant. Hey, don't worry about it. There's more for us than are against us. Now, this is true for us as believers. You have more power, more ability, more strength, more resources in the kingdom of God than all of the resources in the world or that the enemy has. And all of it is at your disposal because you are a child of the king. And wherever you go, you get to say, oh, my papa daddy, remember him, God Almighty, the savior of the world, he's my papa. And the enemy of this world runs and flees. That's what you have as a believer. That's the authority that is yours as a Christian. You have that ability. Now, there's one thing that can destroy that. There's one thing that can cause us to not believe this, that there's more for us and against us, and that's fear. When we live in fear and when we live in lies, we don't believe that there's more for us than against us. But Elisha, he lived by faith. And because he lived by faith, when his servant ran in the room and said, oh no, oh no, the king of Aram has surrounded us. Elisha was like, nah, this again. I guess we'll have to just go out and show him what's really going on here. So Elisha takes his servant outside. He asks for his eyes to be opened and he sees that there are more for him than against him when he sees the entire hillside full of chariots of fire. Now, Elisha knew that God was bigger than anything. And he knew, as one of God's kids, that God was on his side. And so he never had to worry about anything. And the same is true for you. You don't have to worry about anything or be anxious about anything or frustrated because God is on your side. See, Elisha could always see that there were more for him than against him. And I would add this morning that there's something significant about this for us in 2020 because I think there's even more for us than was for Elisha. Let me tell you how. You and I live after the cross and the resurrection. We live after death and evil has been defeated. You and I now have the ability to have the Holy Spirit living inside of us and helping us live for Christ. The Old Testament believers did not have that. You and I do as New Testament believers, as those who are living in a relationship with God after the cross and the resurrection, we have all of the power of Jesus Christ's miraculous power that conquered death and the cross and the work of the Holy Spirit inside of us because of where we live. Let me put it to you simply like this. The Old Testament people drove Toyota Priuses. You and I drive Lamborghinis. 
This is how this works. But here's the problem. Too many of our Lamborghinis are in the garage with the keys in them. We're sitting in the driver's seat and we don't know how to put it in gear. You hear me? Start putting it in gear. Let's let 2020 be the year that you and I pull that sucker out of the garage, fire it up, and we're like a bat out of heaven. Right? I mean, let's go. Let's go. There's people out there in our city and in the West Plains that don't know Jesus and they need him and you and I are the ones to take him to him. Amen? The third thing is this. Elisha prayed a prayer and this is my prayer for us, for you. Lord, open my spiritual eyes that I may see. See, some of us need our spiritual eyes opened. Some of us need a revival of the fact that the Holy Spirit is living inside of me and that the Holy Spirit wants to do awesome things in you. Some of us need a revival of that. Some of us need our spiritual eyes opened. And that was Elisha's prayer for his servant and God answered it. See, when Elisha's servant's eyes are opened to the spiritual, he saw two things. One, There's no reason to be afraid. I don't have anything to fear. There's a giant army out there. And that giant army is on my side. I don't have anything to be afraid of. And the second thing he learned was what? There's more for me than are against me. And each of us in this room need to hear that this morning and recognize that that's true for you today. Whatever you're going through right now, you need to know that you don't need to be afraid. And second, God is for you, not against you. And if God is for you, then all of heaven is on your side. And all of heaven is more powerful than anything in this entire solar system. He's on your side. Now here's what else is really interesting. When the servant's eyes were opened, he saw something very important. He saw what God was doing. See, when you and I look only in the physical, we only see what we're doing. We only see what the world is doing. But when we can see into the spiritual and we can let the Holy Spirit lead us, we get to see what God is doing. And that is far more important. Because what God does is amazing. God works in the spiritual realm and in the physical realm at the exact same time, all the time. You and I, we spend a majority of our life living and operating and working in the physical realm when we have all of the spiritual realm at our disposal as well, but never interacting with it because we're not walking in the power and the fullness of the Spirit. My prayer for us is this, is that we would begin to see that what's happening in the spiritual realm, in the spiritual world, is actually more important, more powerful, and more significant than what we see happening in the physical world. Now, this servant is a great example of that. He, saw, he got to see both at the same time. And when he saw what was happening in the spiritual realm and in the physical realm at the same time, he immediately said, oh, 
this isn't a problem anymore. We're fine. And the same thing can happen in your life today. When you get to see in the physical realm and in the spiritual realm at the same time, you also get to say, oh, this situation I'm in, it's no big deal. God's got it. And I'm his kid. So I'm not going to worry about this anymore. God, you got it. You can take over. You just do what you do all the time and you do it again. That's what it means to live in the spiritual and the physical at the same time time. So I want to pray for us that we will open our eyes so that we may see. Because I'm convinced when we open our eyes, we will see that God is protecting us, that he's fighting for us, he's providing for us, he's helping us grow, he's making us stronger, he's helping people know Jesus, and he's encouraging us to disciple others. So let's pray for that 2020 spiritual vision this year. Now, our ushers are going to hand out a response card to you right now. Our ushers are going to come row by row and hand you a little card. Take one and pass it down the row. I'm going to use this for us to respond to what the Holy Spirit is doing in us in just a minute. Um, and I want to close with something that I think is important as well in Matthew chapter 5. So turning your Bible over to Matthew chapter 5, I want to look at something that Jesus said. I believe that God wants us to have 2020 vision and it does a whole bunch of things for our lives, but I also believe as a church this next year that you and I, we need to help the world see Jesus with 2020 clarity. See, it's up to you and I as believers in Jesus Christ, as his kids, as the church of Jesus Christ, it's our responsibility to help the world see Jesus clearly. Now, I'm convinced, and you might be too, that the world does not have a clear vision of who Jesus is right now. They have a vision given to them by Hollywood and by the news media that is not the real Jesus, is it? The people that have the real Jesus are you and me. The real Jesus is living inside of us. And so it's our responsibility to get the real Jesus out of us into the world so that they can see Jesus clearly. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 5, verse 14. You, say you. you. Say I. I. Turn to your neighbor and say you. You, you, you. are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See, Jesus said it like this. If the world is going to see me clearly, you must shine. I'm going back to heaven. I'm going to die on the cross. I'm going to rise again. I'm going to go back to heaven. I'm going to pour out the Holy Spirit on the believers and on the church. And then it'll be your job to take the gospel to the ends of the earth and disciple people and teach them to obey the words of Christ 
till he returns. That's the job. So our job is to shine. Our job is to be a reflection of Jesus Christ to the world around us. And so I want to encourage you, let this year become a year where maybe you get outside of your comfort zone a little bit. Maybe this is the year I'm going to put the Lamborghini in reverse. I'm going to back out of the garage. I'm going to push the pedal down a little bit when you push the clutch in. You're like, ooh, I can hear that. That sounds pretty good. And you're going to put it in gear. And you're going to get moving for Jesus. See, the world needs him. You and I have people all around us, friends, neighbors, coworkers. There's about six billion people on this planet that don't know Jesus as their Savior. And we need to help them. We need to help them experience the love, the grace, the forgiveness, the acceptance of Jesus Christ in their life. And it'll happen as you and I just go about our regular life But as we go about our regular life, we shine for Jesus. We let our words and our actions, our attitude, we let our resources and our time all point people to Jesus. I want us as a church to be that church in 2020, amen? I'd love for all three services to be as full as this one with people that need Jesus, And maybe we have to go to a fourth one because there's so many people in our city that need to know Jesus as their Savior. But that's on us. And you and I get the incredible, miraculous, marvelous privilege to partner with the God of the universe to lead people to him. What a beautiful story that you and I get to make in our city as we let our light shine for Jesus. Now, the card in front of you is to help you respond. We're going to take a couple minutes and sit in silence, and we're going to respond to these two questions. There's hopefully a pen in the pocket in front of you, or maybe you have a pen. Either way, you can use it. But here's the two questions. The first one, what does the Lord want me to see clearly in 2020. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to each of us right now. Or he's going to speak to you this week as you contemplate this question. Because the Holy Spirit wants to tell you something about what the Lord wants you to see clearly this next year. Now, for some of you, what you need to see clearly is just you need to see Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. You just need to jump in. You just need to take the step and say yes to Jesus and start living for him and devoting your life to him. For the rest of us that are already believers in Christ, there's something the Holy Spirit wants to do in you this year that is significantly new and fresh and different than he's ever done in your life before. And that's what's going to go right under this question. Second is this one. What is preventing me from seeing clearly in 2020. Because just like the servant, the servant was full of fear. So he couldn't see clearly 
who was for him and who was against him. He couldn't see clearly that God was doing miraculous things right in front of us, right in front of him because he was full of fear. Same is true for all of us. There's probably something preventing you from seeing what God wants you to see, from doing what God wants you to do, from hearing his voice on a regular basis. And part of it might have to do with maybe you're just not in the word every day. You just need to start picking up God's word and the promises and say, I I need to make this my life. Maybe you need to start getting into prayer. Maybe you need to just press into Jesus, but you've been apathetic. And maybe there's a sin in your life that you've continued to let fester there and be there. And as a result, it stops you from seeing clearly what God has for you and living the fullness that God has for you. So let's take about three or four minutes. We're just going to let the room be quiet. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And would you respond? You can write down there. Or maybe you just write a quick note to yourself. And you're going to pray about this all week. And you're going to think about it. You're going to be intent on it. And you're going to get some answers from Jesus about this. So that you can move forward in the strength and the power that he's given you. All right? Let's pause and just respond to the Spirit. And then we'll sing. Jesus, we recognize this morning that we live in a world that loves to promote darkness. (laughs) Loves to promote it, loves to live in it, is enthralled by it, and encourages it at all levels. But Lord, you've called us to be the light of the world. You've called us not to hide in the darkness, but to shine in the darkness. You've called us not to live by fear, but by faith. You've reminded us that there's way more for us than against us. And so, Lord, our prayer this morning is open our eyes. Open our eyes, Holy Spirit, to what you're doing. First of all, what you're doing in us personally. There's things that you want us to see clearly. We recognize that, that it starts with us. Second, Lord, help us to be a light that shines you to a lost and hurting world. And Lord, whatever is preventing us from doing that, would you help us to leave it at the foot of the cross? Lord, because of the cross, we get to live in complete forgiveness. That means if there's a sin I'm stuck in, I'm just going to ask for forgiveness and I'm going to move on. I'm going to live in grace not in shame. And if there's some sort of apathy that's resident in my life where I've just become a comfortable Christian, Lord, we pray that you would remove it and you would help us to be people that are out in our world showing people who you are and how much you love them. Would that be who we are as a church, who we are as individuals? And would you do some miraculous stuff in us in 2020? We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said amen. 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 Well, thanks for being in church this morning. It was great to see you.